welcome to Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, JP, and I am here with the one and only Father Chuck. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, dude. How's it going? How, how, Honest, how, how you doing? Well, a, a couple of things. Uh, one, um, I've been, as, if listeners may have noticed that my voice has been kind of iffy lately, I've, I've been struggling with a cough. And uh, I actually I went to the doctor yesterday and dealt with that. So I've got medicine. I have an inhaler that I have to that I have to take every couple of hours. And it makes me think that I'm in it, that I'm going to, like, use that against a, a clown and say, hey, it's battery acid. I'm going to spray it in the clown's face and it's going to hurt him. <laughs> this is battery um, acid, you slime. This is battery acid, you slime. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, there's that. Um, there's... And then the other thing is, um, I don't know if you know this or not, JP, mm-hmm. but the entire world has just up and gone nuts in the past weekend. Has it? I mean, this the past <laughs> week. It just seems. Ins- I mean, I mean, yeah, dude. I don't. It's it's you know we've we, we've we've had the the whole thing about nuclear war with uh, with North Korea floating around out there, and apparently that's just petered away. Um, and then we had a terrorist attack today in Barcelona, um, where actually my cousin was, um, yesterday, like in the exact spot where that happened. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, she's on her honeymoon because that's where I was last weekend. I went, um, to, I went to St. Augustine for her wedding and, um, and yeah, they were, they went to, they went to Europe. They're on a European cruise for their honeymoon and they were there. They were walking in the, and they were walking, um, I can't remember the name of the street where they where that's all happened, but, um, Hmm. Yeah, they were there, so they were, they were kind of shaking. Of course, a bunch of people are messaging them on Facebook and stuff. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Uh, um, but they they checked in, okay, as safe. That's good. And um, and then um, and then of course there's Charlottesville. Charlottesville, yes. You know, Chuck, I have a list here. You have a list, okay? I have a list. Can I read you this list? Sure. The name of this list is the 10 easiest things to do to be considered a decent human being. Okay. Actually, it's five. Sorry, not 10. <laughs> Only I'm five not, things. I'm not Letterman. It's a, it's a short list. I mean, this the easiest things to do to be considered a decent human being. Decent. Not even, a, not even a good human being. Just decent. A, like a passable human being. Very low bar. We're talking low bar here. All right. All, All right. right. Okay. So number five. Opening the door for somebody. Okay. Easy, yep. right? I'm sure yep. we've all Easy, done simple. it. Yep. Uh, yep. I did, I've done it like three times today. Some people don't say thank you, but that's okay. That's, a, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's Whatever. a selfless act. Yeah. 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 Uh, texting a sad friend to brighten up their day. That's decent. That's, that's a decent human being thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's number four. Number three, letting a car pass into your lane. You know, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, I have a hard time with that, but, you know, sometimes... <laughs> You just want to Sometimes give someone's one. You just want to give one. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. Pay it forward, brother. You everybody know, gets just, one. I'll do you a solid. Yeah, everybody gets one. <laughs> like, like Spider Man says, everybody gets one. Yeah. Uh, preparing a meal for your grandparents. Yeah, I've never had a chance to do that, but um, <laughs> well, I have bought I have bought meals for my grandparents, so I think that's close. I'm sure you prepared meal for other people, though. I mean, really, anybody yeah. preparing a meal for anybody. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, selfless yeah. thing to do, and it's not that hard to do. It's really not. No. Yeah. Number it one, like, it could be like Hungry Man. Just like heat up the Hungry Man for him. Exactly. Uh, a little, a little Michelina, a little lean mm-hmm. cuisine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one, disavowing Nazis. <laughs> you know, there was a time where I would have thought that was simple. <laughs> Apparently, it's very difficult. It's. I mean, you, you, you can't. We can't. I mean, we can't just attack these people without saying something about the other side, Chuck. Oh, we can't gosh. do it. Oh, I know. I mean, because because hating Jews and black people and gays and everyone else is equal to hating fascists. But they want to they want to preserve our country's heritage, Chuck. You know, I'm glad you mentioned this. I'm glad you mentioned this because here. By the way, this leads us into our topic of today. Yes, we are. (laughs) We are talking about Charlottesville and. And I, I, I want to say one thing, I, I guess, as a way to kind of shape this conversation, at least the way that I want to, because I'm aware that, you know, we have certain listeners, particularly our good friend of the show, Father Fun, <laughs> who will point out that it's kind of messed up if it's going to be a group of white guys talking about race. 
Right. Yeah. I'm not, and that's I, I, not I, what we're going to do. Yeah. We're, we're just going to talk about the, about not how bad Nazis are. Well, <laughs> I mean, just... I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about being a white man and seeing what other white men are doing. That's good. We could do that. Uh, I think I can talk. I think I have, I think I'm able to do that. I okay. think I'm able to talk about what white straight males are up to. Well, then let's just dive right into that if you want. Well, and, 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 and okay, because that it, it touches right into this whole thing about like culture and heritage, and it, it's something that I've been kind of kicking around in my head is since when did since when did the South and the Confederacy indicate my culture and heritage as a white man? Um, because I I don't I don't consider I don't consider Robert E. Lee a, a a a person of my heritage and culture, but apparently because I'm a white straight male, I'm supposed to. Because as our president said, it's sad that we are destroying the statues, the beautiful statues, and our culture. Um, it's not my culture. Well, and I have uh, factual information on that, Chuck. And what's that? Um, and this is easy to look up, folks. You can do a quick Google search, and uh, you'll find all the answers that you need. And these are facts. These are not. This is not liberal propaganda. This is not the media. This is real stuff. These statues that people are upset over, and who are trying to quote protect unquote, these statues are not like old ancient statues, right? And they were not put up to celebrate heritage. No. They were constructed, I think the earliest one that's constructed was in 1901. Uh, because they, they weren't constructed during, uh, you know, reconstruction or whatever. They didn't have the funds for that. They were too busy, you know, reconstructing. <laughs> right. Um, also, so, also pretty sure the union would not have stood for it at the time. Yeah. And if there were um, statues, they were going up in like memorials, which is fine. You know, whatever. Uh, you want to put up a statue in, in a Confederate uh you know, graveyard or something. I don't have a problem with that. Um, whatever. Uh, but these statues that people are protesting against and protesting to, to protect, the reason why they were erected in the first place um, was to instate their su white, white supremacy. Because they, yeah. they were erected during uh, the height of Jim Crow. Right. And in the 1960s, there was an even bigger uptick in erecting statues uh, by segregationists. It was put up to say, like, yeah, you're marching, but we see you. Right. That's why these statues exist. They are, they're racist statues. <laughs> they are racist. Yeah, there's no, there is really no other way of looking at it. <laughs> they, they were put up as a pushback against uh, people who are against segregation. So this isn't a beautiful thing right. that, that, that we're preserving. And, and this is, like I said, this, but as even, I'm saying this, Chuck, this is so low bar. Like, I know I like we should be having this conversation. Oh, no, you, you have no idea. <laughs> I, in my sermon on Sunday, I had, I included the phrase just because I have to like add it, but it is the phrase I've been saying over and over is in August, in the year of our Lord, 2017, <laughs> someone marched Nazi flags. Yeah to the campus of the University of Virginia. It is unbelievable to me that not, and not like I've seen a few things and I've seen a few things, you know, on the, uh, on the internet and, 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 and whatnot, acknowledge, you know, kind of saying that, you know, white people really shouldn't be saying like, I couldn't believe this was happening. Like I, 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 I'm aware that there has been, that, that racism is in the country. And I'm aware that, um, that, that these groups, these these neo these neo-Nazi groups and fascist groups and all that have been have been out there. That's not the thing that shocks me. The thing that shocks me is the brazenness with which this happened. Right. Um, you know, somebody having I mean, it's unacceptable for someone to have like a Nazi flag flying in a room of their house. The fact that that thing was taken out, put on a pole, and marched through the streets Next in to the, the United torch. yeah, in the United States of America, you know, I, I saw I saw a great one. There's like a flag. I don't know what group it was, but it was um, it was all kind of like divided up. But it had the stars and stripes, but it also had a swastika in it. <laughs> and and somebody posted. They said 
they said, uh, you can't claim to be a good American while also claiming to be a Nazi. We fought a war over this. The whole world was involved in everything. Yeah. Um, and it's, and that's, it's, it is, it is truly insanity to me that one, that it's, that, that it's even happening to this scale again. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's insane that it, it should happen at all, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not caught off guard by it, by its existence, but again, by its brazenness, by the fact that it's out there. And then furthermore, by the fact that it's treated as a valid political position right. by a shocking, shocking number of people in this country. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, I feel like there was a time when, I mean, I guess I can only speak for Florida, Chuck, but, you know, the idea of a civics class. Yeah. Um, I feel like we don't really have much of that anymore. I don't think I ever had a civics class in any of my. Yeah, I'm not sure that I did either. Yeah, I feel like that's important because a lot of people are bringing are invoking free speech. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people don't really understand the idea of free speech that much, or the idea of hate speech. Which hate speech is not like a snowflake term. They used to quote snowflake term that people like to use to you know right against people who are liberal leaning. Um, Hate speech actually means if I say something and it inspires people to do things like, you know, um, genocide. <laughs> or drive a car into a crowd of people. Yeah, that too. Then it should not be allowed. Right. Right. And, and I mean, I, the thing is, is, is ideologically, these, these, these assholes <laughs> um, on the on the right, on the alt right, or whatever you want to call them, yeah, they they get this because they don't want they don't want jihadi groups to be able to have full, you know the ability to spout their crap all over Twitter and whatnot. They want to shut that stuff down, right? Yeah. So on some level, they understand that free it's just it's just it's their speech. They want their speech. Right. To be heard. And what, and what they also seem to fail to understand, a lot of people seem to, under, to misunderstand about this whole idea of free speech, is that me blocking you is me exercising my free speech, too. Yeah, the other side of free speech is I don't have to listen to you. Right. Yeah. Um, but, I, and, and again, like you said, JP, this is astoundingly low bar. Yeah. But um, they, I, they had permits, Chuck. I mean, I feel like we. I feel like we need to have. I feel like we need to have, like, remedial humanity. Or just watch like, Indiana Jones. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. For this. If you're if you're for the guy who's shooting at Indiana Jones, you have a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, here's another one. I don't know. If the method that you're using is identical to that of ISIS. Yeah. Maybe that says something about your ideology. That maybe that's maybe something's not, maybe something's amiss because like methods and message kind of go hand in hand, right? If yeah. if you feel so compelled to drive a car into a crowd of people, chances are you're a terrorist. Definitely, absolutely, and. Also, if, if your group is not disavowing that person, isn't in fact saying we're glad that it happened, chances are you are a terrorist organization. Right. Um, um, you know, and, and, and before we get further into this, Chuck, because we could probably just do this all night. Can we right. talk about the both sides issue? Sure. How do you feel when people say that in, in, in instances like this, that both sides are to blame? I'll, here's what I'll, I will say: This, I are there are there people who have extremist viewpoints on both sides of the issue here? Absolutely. Are there elements? Are there elements in here of like people say on the far left who go just to antagonize? Totally, that exists. You have to say that exists. That's true. It's it's it, 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 any kind of thing like this that's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still a false equivalence, right? Because on one hand, the quote-unquote other side is against, is against fascism and racism. 
which are, I don't know, to me, objectively evil things. <laughs> right. And so in which case you can't you can't say that it's truly like, oh, there's there's bad people on both sides in that regard. Um, I guess the thing is. No, I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to walk the whole thing back. I take it back. OK, there are not two. There, 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 there is no two sides to this. There is one that's side. That, that's that Western binary thinking. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, there is only there is there are the fascists. Yeah. And the people who are on the road to becoming fascists. And those are bad people. Right. The only proper side is those are bad people. Now, are there groups that could find more helpful ways of dealing with that? Absolutely. Like, are some methods less helpful than others? Absolutely. But that's that doesn't mean that they're the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm just going to say it. Like... I, know, I know there are people who listen to this podcast who will probably be upset with me for saying this. But look. Black Lives Matter is not the same thing as people as the KKK. Yeah, it's just not. Oof. It is in no way, shape, or form the same. If that is your opinion, then uh, I know what news channel you're watching. Um, <laughs> I know you're getting your di- media. <laughs> we can, we can, we can have a, You know, I, I will give you that. Are there people within the umbrella? Because Black Lives Matter is not like a, a a tightly uniform group. It's not like. They don't have like the president of BLM is so and so. I mean, it's it's an umbrella term for a whole group of people who are committed to a certain cause, and they and there are different right. methods within that uh, under that umbrella it's, term. It's a, it's, that's what that's the term of a movement, right? Yeah. So there are some people that yes are a little more inflammatory and antagonistic than others. Mm-hmm. Yes, but just because of that does not make them equivalent, right? Because, I mean, call me crazy. But a movement that is just trying to get you to understand that black lives matter is not saying white lives don't matter. Right. The The point of the term is focus, not exclusive. Right. And I love, love, love when when people talk about black lives matter as though it's a racist organization that's against white people because there's, you know, they're trying the, the whole retort is all lives matter. And then a lot of those people who've done the whole all lives matter have then, um, have then posted, um, hashtag police lives matter, blue lives matter, which means if you're posting that, you understand what they're saying, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like, yeah, exactly. You're trying, <laughs> if you are posting blue lives matter, then you understand what Black Lives Matter is all about. Yeah, I. But again, we're you know I, we're probably. Hey, maybe maybe our listeners will finally engage with us. No, that'd be fun. Um, but look, that's a whole other conversation, um, that I don't feel personally super equipped to have as yeah. as a white straight man. Um, but again, I do feel very equipped to be able to talk about how to not be a racist asshole. How, how do you not be a racist asshole, Chuck? Um, you don't. <laughs> I, you just don't. I, 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 it's, it's, it's like, how do you breathe? You <laughs> breathe. It's that simple. Um, you look at a person, and they're different from you, and you know what you say? Wow, that person's different from me. That's it. And it that's, doesn't mean that's they're okay. somehow worse than you or better than you. They're just different. They're different people. And... Just like with all human beings, some people you're going to like, some people you're not going to like. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the color of their skin or the area of the world they come from or the language they speak. They're just people. We're all just people. And it's and uh, it's well, you know, I I know I know where a lot of the backlash comes from, where it can kind of. I'm trying to say how it can lead someone down that path of white supremacy, that sort of uh, path of anger and hatred. Um, There's this really great, uh, I know it gets a lot of flack, but I actually like uh, the news show Vice on HBO. Um, Oh, you used to make fun of Vice. Well, I still make fun of their website. I think their website sucks. I hate that. I I had to block (laughs) Twitter. Yeah, their website sucks, but I actually, I like their, uh, their news show on HBO. Um, cause it's actually, it's very informative. Uh, but they, they made a, they made a video, uh, following 
uh, white supremacists during the Charlottesville incident all through all three days, starting in the night all the way through the weekend. And they were following this guy named uh, Christopher Cantwell, who was a speaker um, at the at the uh, I guess what what it was supposed to be an event, but then got broken up. Um, and Christopher Cantwell, they they asked him, you know, why why do you hate black people? Like when did this start? And he said, uh, it started with Trayvon Martin. And it started with, um, you know, all, he said, I, he said all these black people started acting like savages and everyone was blaming the white guy because of it. And so that started him on the path. And now he, he, rec- he, he identifies himself as a neo-Nazi and he was a speaker at the thing. And he, <laughs> they followed him the whole thing. He got maced in the face, which is actually kind of funny. Um, but what's interesting though, is that, uh, he made a video yesterday uh, crying on camera because he had found out there's a warrant for his arrest. Huh. Um, we don't, nobody really knows why yet, but it may have to do with the fact that on the Vice program that, that, that Vice filmed with him, he showed all of his weapons that he was carrying with him during the march. And Homeboy was, was packed. Like, see, that's, those, that's another thing that goes hand in hand, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Um, um, it may have something to do with that. I'm just, I mean, I have no idea, but but yeah, I, so like, I see, seeing that was really eye opening. But, but, but did he give a re did he give a reason why Trayvon Martin, like, what that, like, well, other he, than in he his, felt that people in his were eyes, like, Trayvon Martin was a black guy who attacked a white man, a white man defended himself, and everybody and the media and uh, everybody attacked the whack, the white guy and said that the black guy was the hero in his mind. This is what happened. And that made, okay. I guess that turned him into racist, but he probably always was a racist. Yeah. I so, mean, it's, it, <laughs> that's just, it, his, that was just his explanation. Yeah. I, um, Hey, I'm just gonna, so here's one of the things that's really been heavy on my mind, JP in all of this. And I, and, and this guy talking about this is a, is a good way to segue into it for me to address it for myself, I guess, is that I, I was looking at a couple of the photos, took the photos, um, of, uh, of all these guys holding torches, Tiki torches. and it dawned on me how many of them looked like me. Yeah. You know, white guys, young, fairly young dudes too. Yeah. Twenties to thirties, um, twenties, thirties age range beards, you know, short hair. I mean, I've even had that undercut hairstyle for a while. Um, I don't have it now. Um, like all right haircut. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I sported that for a little while and yeah. well, I can't do that again. No. Um, but I, um, but I look at a lot of these guys and like I said, I saw, I, 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 there's a similarity. Like I look like them and I've wondered about that, about what that's, you know, well, I, I don't want to go too far with it, but it, it, the big thought for me is, What's different between me and them? How is it? How is it that I that I am not also holding torches next to them? Um, but also, in what ways am I enabling and empowering a world that continues to allow that crap to happen? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I and the reason I think about this is. And I've alluded to this. Um, I've alluded to this in the podcast in the past. I think um, I've had a. I had someone really close to me in my family who was um, abused by by um, by a pastor, and um, and one of the things that uh, my my youth pastor, after it all came out, that he and I were talking about, and his sort of his one of the things he said is, it really made him realize that 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 event made him realize that. One of the worst things you can ever say is, I would never do that. He says that one of the most it, – it's important in these moments of great evil to acknowledge that but for the grace of God, I could do – I would be doing – you know, I could be doing the exact same thing, that we have the capability as human beings to do anything. And I – and so I, I wonder about that as a white man in America, um, you know, I mean, is it, you know, my education, the fact that I have some degree of privilege in the sense that, you know, I don't have any economic debt. Um, I have a good job. I have a good family. 
you know, is that something that sets me apart? That stability? Are these guys, is this all rooted in the economic um, turmoil of the past decade? Um, or is this something else? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but it's something I've been kind of racking my brain about for the past couple of days. Um, I don't believe in the, the economic explanation. Um, that's like a whole other conversation we can have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean, most, I mean maybe... of those, most of those guys marching, uh, you know, all the gear they had is not cheap. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, um, listen, listen. If if you've got if you've got like an AR-15 and a bulletproof vest and all this tactical gear, I do not believe that you are, you have been economically disenfranchised. Um, right. Yeah. You're just. Yeah. You could maybe <laughs> maybe um, if you feel economically disenfranchised, maybe you should be focusing on putting food on your family's table instead of buying that 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 third AR-15. Yeah. There's a part of me that wonders if, 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 if some of it has to do with me growing up in a black neighborhood, but, you, but, but then I realized I knew lots of people who grew, who lived in my same neighborhood who were racist as all get out yeah, and they yeah. had black it's, neighbors on either side of them. So yeah, I have experience in that too. Yeah. So I don't think it's that. I think I don't, I don't really, I mean, I can only say that there's definitely a moment in my life that was sort of like a come to Jesus moment where I was like, I need to be more serious about this issue. I need to take it more seriously. Um, but I do think, a, and maybe this sounds corny, and maybe I'm totally like on the wrong track. If any of our listeners think I'm wrong, who are more in line than I am, that is not white, please tell me. I think maybe fear has a lot to do with it as well. You I know, guess if you listen to these guys, and I don't put a whole lot of stock in anything they say, because I don't think they should have a platform anyway. I'm kind of done having a conversation with them. Um, but if you listen to them, if you want to listen to them, they'll say that like they're afraid of white genocide, and that's the only right. thing. That's and that's one reason why they're marching. That's one reason why they're trying to protect themselves. Part of me is like, okay, bullcrap. First of all, there is no white genocide. Second of all, I, I don't believe that you, that's something you're actually afraid of. But also, I don't know, maybe they really are. Like maybe they've just bought into some lie that they're in danger if they don't if they don't put on this identity, if they don't embrace this I- ideology. Well, I wonder how much of it's connected to – I thought about this earlier today um, – how much of this might be connected to that same thing that we've talked about within evangelical Christianity, this whole persecution complex stuff that's yeah. fed into it and completely ignorant, ignorant of the fact that it's like 75 percent of the population identifies as Christian and like a huge chunk of that, you know, almost I think even at this point, maybe more than Roman Catholic identifies as evangelical. Um, oh, but yet there's – um, I said, but yeah, that's redu- that's redundant. I hate when I said when that said. Um, <laughs> but there's this this idea that somehow evangelical Christians are persecuted. Right. The world hates you, and everyone hates you, and and you know even though you again make up the vast majority of the population, um, and you can have a you can have Lake Lake uh, Lake Lake what's the name of that church? What's Osteen's church? Lakewood? No. Um, Crap, I've already forgotten. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You can have, you can have Joel Osteen's church, which is the the, the Astrodome, that yeah. can hold like 25,000 people or whatever. Yeah. Um, that The fact that that exists shows you're not persecuted. The fact that Joel Osteen has the church that he has right now and Creflo Dollar has the church in Atlanta that he has right now and that we have the National Cathedral and we have all of that kind of stuff shows – we are not a. But you basically group, can't so. be a president unless you say you're a Christian, right? So you're not persecuted. Right. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. I don't want to get us lost on that tangent. But it, but I, but, that, but the fact that you have people who sincerely believe that. I mean, you and I both grew up in that world, and we sincerely believed it. Oh yeah. To think that how much is how how similar is that to has it has it just sort of that kind of thinking has it somehow that persecution thinking bled over into this movement too i mean I'm, I'm i'm trying to be very careful here i'm not trying to suggest that evangelical christians are all white supremacists right however i'm willing to bet that if you were to talk to these guys if they go to church they probably go to evangelical churches <laughs> um some of them and i mean you know a lot of them but a lot of them probably identify as atheists a lot of them identify uh, i don't really know all right well whatever i'm not gonna you know that's... what you know, and, and this is all that's a slippery of, slope thing, and I don't want to get into that. It is, yeah. and, and here's the thing: like we don't have to, we don't have to study them. 
You know what I mean? Like we don't have to be. I I kind of do. Well, it's it's and dangerous the why... is the thing. You know, like it's. Well, no, you know, because I don't I, I don't think it's dangerous. Um, I mean, it, it, to a degree, it is, but I don't think like if you're. Here's why I'm curious about this, JP. I have two boys. And I'm trying to raise them in this world and, I, and, and, and uh, you know, what's going to happen uh, when, you know, uh, you know, they're 12, 13 years old and they're going on the Internet and they come across the Daily Stormer yeah. or something. You know what I mean? A friend makes a joke. Um, you know, so I'm concerned about them. But I also looking at those men, I just I, my heart breaks because they're they're enslaved by something. And it's so easy to look at them as the enemy rather than as as hostages or or whatever or victims or whatever however you want to use it in a, in for a supernatural spiritual I shouldn't say supernatural like a spiritual warfare kind of thing um i you know and, and like i said and they, i look at them and they could very easily be me mm-hmm. that could very easily be me um you know given the right conditions the right whatever i don't know i mean i i cuz I don't think you're born this way. I don't think you're born hating people. You'll learn it somehow. Well, yeah, it's that great Nelson Mandela quote that Barack Obama quoted on his yeah. Twitter that no one is born. Um, you have to learn how to hate. Like you're not born hating somebody. Yeah, like 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 a curious like a curious thing that I learned about um, was um, someone who had who was brought in to do cultural diversity stuff um, in. Um, a, I'll leave. I'll leave the name of the uh, Institute of Learning, uh, Higher Learning, out of it. But um, of a, but of a Institute of Learning, um, she had worked in um, New York City and done some diversity stuff there. And she said that one of the things that was interesting to her in New York, and because she was critical of the way things were being done at the new job that she was at, and she said that one of the things that fascinated her with New York was when they did sort of diversity anti-racism training stuff for students in schools, that it had the opposite effect than what they were intending. And they realized it was because in New York City, it's such a it's such an ethnically, racially diverse part of the world that these kids, kids grow up playing among, you know, Sikh, you know, black, Hispanic, you know, whatever um, people their whole lives. And then, and so they don't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. And then they get presented with this whole idea of like, well, here's how people are different and people may feel sensitive about this, that, or the other. And suddenly it basically wound up introducing the concept of racism to these kids. And then they were afraid to talk to their friends now because they were suddenly afraid of doing something that may offend them or hurt them or whatever. And so the idea is that she was saying is that maybe, you know, different different areas of the world require a different approach to this kind of stuff. You can't just dump the concept of racism into the room and think that it all, you know, that that we're going to talk about this stuff the same way, because, you know, when a kid grows up in a place where, you know, he could be a white kid who grows up where every one of his friends is brown. Right. Not going to think anything of that until one day you tell them like, well, this is this, this, and this, you know, it can, can, it can, it can really mess with them and have the opposite unintended effect. Um, but, um, I I have no idea where I was going with that. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, and it makes me wonder when I think about things like that, Chuck, about how these white people don't become racist until they learn about racism. It makes me wonder about, like, the other side, the kids who, who aren't white. Like, is it something they've always known? I think that they have. Um, but Yeah, well, I mean, I think, the, I mean, from the, from the person that I, that I, I mean, I heard the information sort of secondhand, so I can't speak too authoritatively on it. But the sense was that, that this was something that they saw experience across the board, that many of these kids who grew up in New York. Yeah. You know, I think it's just, and it's also like, I think it's also kind of indicative of this, the way our, our society is, is programmed because of our history and all the atrocities committed, the way our culture and our society has been programmed and this sort of like white means this black means that of course, they're probably going to be start thinking a certain way. Once you introduce a concept of racism, you know what I mean? It's right. like they're going to instantly fill that role because that's the way our, I mean, sadly, that's the way our society still is. And that's why it's yeah, not I, gone. That's why, that's why people are, are trying. That's why, that's why we have SJW snowflakes as we're called now. SJW snowflake. Yeah. By the way, I'm not using these as derogatory terms. I'm using them ironically. I've been called an SJW and a snowflake 
I like snowflakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this whole event has made me, and I know we, we we're running the risk of talking about some stuff sort of half cocked or whatever. Um, but this whole incident has really made me reevaluate a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things that it uh, it's something that I never really thought much about. Um, I didn't really care about it one way or the other. Um, but I now think about is the whole concept of color blindness. <laughs> yeah. And I've realized how much BS that idea is and <laughs> how see, bad that idea is. I don't see color. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I saw somebody make something that that's sort of like a, that's a fairly light racist thing. And I was like, I don't know if I buy that, but then I started <laughs> thinking a lot about it and I realized, and a bit of inspiration kind of came from, um, um, a song that I actually legitimately like, which is DC talks, um, colored people off of their Jesus freak album, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cringe. which, Hey man, that sounds great. <laughs> um, DC talk is a mixed race group and you got to give them props oh, for addressing their white boys. No, Mike, Michael Tate, man. Michael Tate's black. I don't know anything about the man. I don't know. <laughs> you, were a, you were a bad, you were a bad evangelical. I am horrible. Um, but no, and so the whole thing of that song was was these uh, these two white guys and a black guy who were friends and like grew up or went that uh, met in college at Liberty University. Um, they were addressing racism in the church in the early '90s, which was a major thing for them. Uh, major thing. I mean, again, Liberty University, located in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, Such an appropriate name. I know, but they um, they but the but the thing the, the song. Part of what the song does is acknowledges it's got a really weird line about um, um, how we are a skin kaleidoscope, which is kind of creepy. <laughs> um, I think I saw but, that in a horror movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but um, but I appreciate that because it acknowledge is that it does the opposite of what color of, of what this whole supposed colorblind mindset is. Right. Is that we actually shouldn't try to be colorblind. Because to be colorblind would be to deny the diversity and beauty of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that to be colorblind would mean to see basically everything in shades of gray rather than in all the vibrancy that's out there. And so the idea of saying, oh, I'm colorblind, like I get where you're trying to come from. Like I don't see race. But actually you should. You should. You really should. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's – it's right. what makes it would it, it's what makes the, it's what makes humanity and this planet incredible and I, it's a matt word i just use a, an officer matt word um <laughs> but it's, it really it's what makes this world such a profoundly beautiful place is when we look at this tapestry of humanity right and and i guess that, that's another part of why this is tragic and frustrating to me and why i just don't understand why white why, why so many white men um and not exclusively white men but mostly white men are so frustrated by because it's it's yeah I, I know why would you, you want the why would you why would you want to diminish this i don't understand and and, and, and you know what like how many i want to ask you chuck let's shift yeah. gears a little bit because this i think this leads into another thing that we've probably ha- both have had to deal with in, in real life face-to-face with people how many times have you been met with uh why can't there be a white entertainment channel why can't oh there my be, gosh, yes. Why, why can't there be a white history month? Look, I'm going to I'm going to confess something right now because okay. I need this stuff's important. I have said that bullshit before. <laughs> I have. Yeah. When I was probably like 14 years old, you know, I wasn't like in my, you know, mid 20s and I'm trying to like advocate a worldview. But no, I've said that crap and it's messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll own it. I will own some of the terrible crap that I've done in my youth. You were trying to call out reverse racism, Chuck. Reverse racism. <laughs> what, what do you say to that? What do you, uh, what is your opinion on, on, on that sort of thinking? I mean, well, up until, up until Thriller, MTV was white entertainment, right? <laughs> um, I don't know if you know the history of that. That's, and that's legitimately true. Is it? MTV, MTV would not show black musicians they would not even show michael jackson i know they mostly uh, showed rod stewart for a while yeah they were they 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 had a whole they, there's there's a famous thing if you read online it, mtv was r- unbelievably racist when it first started and um 
Um, it took CBS saying that they would pull every single one of their artists off of MTV if they did not show Thriller. Wow. Thriller. Wow. MTV didn't want to show Thriller. John Landis directed Vincent Price starring Thriller. <laughs> Terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Um, but... You know, like I said, there was uh, going back to like my, the mindset of like 14 year old me when I would say that crap. It's that it's based in that sort of toddler understanding of of fairness. Oh, well, if they get something special, I should get something special, too. Right. Is it that... never once acknowledges how they get one channel. Yeah. And we basically get all the channels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and not acknowledging how unfair that is. Um. But also, like, so what? There's BET. Like, <laughs> so what? I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm also aware that this could get us into a slippery conversation that I don't know if I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since we started podcasting, I'm thinking a lot about, like, the responsibility of putting your opinions out there, you know? Right. We have this platform. They're reaching, we're not reaching that many people, but we are reaching a number of people. And at any moment... Uh, you know, we could say something that could bring us to a billion people. You never know. Right. And the, the wishful thinking on our part, I would totally welcome it. Uh, but. Right. And, 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 if, and, and what I'm hoping in this, and this might be too much because I understand how the internet works, but I am hoping that any of our more woke listeners, if there are any of you here, will be gracious with us because this is something for us that we're not usually very, like, keen to talk about on the podcast yeah um and all we're and we're sort of entering into this world sort of not say we're entering into it new because we're aware of things that are going on but at least talking about it and we understand that we're just two more white guys and there's a there's more than enough of us talking about crap out there yeah like um, i i, I, I want to be but, corrected yeah well and you know in, in, in some kind of healthy dialogue but i also want to say that i think our primary goal here is that if if anyone's going to listen to us, if, or if 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 there's any way that we can get someone to listen to us, is that we kind of want white guys to listen to us for a few minutes here, yeah. and 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 maybe hopefully get some white guys to either stop being racist or to really start thinking about where they stand on this stuff, and and start calling it out right. because you know it's not helpful, you know we, like. You know, I've seen this comparison on the internet that I think is fair, which is we we go around and we want Muslim we want Muslims to call out extremist parts of the Islamic world. Right. Um. So here we here's our opportunity as white men to call out other white men for their nonsense. That's right. Well, their, I, I, I mean, nonsense and nonsense is too nice of a word for this for this. I mean, complete this complete evil. Um. Just repulsive repugnant behavior deserving of of of, uh being punched probably yes yes (laughs) again if indiana jones is punching the if 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 you sympathize with the person that indiana jones is punching you're on the wrong side whenever i see conversations whenever i take the plunge into like something like reddit I see the same thing over again. I just see canned responses and canned dialogue. <coughs> things that originate from like <coughs> things that originate from like Fox News or other places on Reddit or grandma's emails. It's like everyone has like these sort of prepared statements and responses. If you just just got if you just put those away and start thinking critically. Thinking critically is not finding someone else's answer. It's coming up with your own answer using your own experience. Right. You know, and I feel like and that's that's a huge thing that's been happening. I think and I think a a lot of alt-right because I've never seen an alt-right conversation, an alt-right dialogue that didn't just have like I could I could predict like five steps ahead of what they're going to say. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's it makes me wonder if if this whole white supremacy thing is just is like just brainwashing. It's just memes. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like that's that's it's 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 Harambe. It's (laughs) Pepe. Yeah, I mean that's it's that's the thing is is that it's it's I do you want do I do you know where I really think this this began? Where? Partly. 
the Hitler hipster or hip, hipster Hitler comic strip on the oh, web. Right. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, I think I do. I um, think and I remember when I came across it, I thought that junk was kind of funny because partly I thought it was funny because by making Hitler a hipster, it sort of added a new layer of making fun of Hitler. But I got the sense that after a while, people weren't getting the joke that way. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were seeing Hitler as a sympathetic figure. And even the creator of the comic started taking it off the web and realized they had made a mistake Oh really? and that people will take, were taking it way wrong. And they, and they started trying to get rid of it. Um, Jeez. and I, I, from that point forward is when, cause then we started hearing about the ironic racism. Do you remember that? Ironic racism. Um, that was like a thing for a while there in the little, in the hipster in, in, with among the hipsters was, it was a type of ironic racism, you know? Um, I, I really don't know what that means. I never saw examples of it, but I, I, I heard about it. Okay. Um, all I can think is, is white guys trying to say the N word because that's another thing that white dudes get obsessed with. <laughs> Why can't I say the N word? Yeah. You get to say the N word. How come I don't get to say the N word? Okay. I don't know. Because you used to use it to put people down. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, such a low bar stuff. Yeah. Again, I, I, <laughs> in, in, yeah, yeah. I, I also think it's also some of it is rooted in wanting wanting to be edgy, wanting to shock people. All right. Okay. Masters of Divinity. We're called the Masters of Divinity. So here's a divinity piece. Every single person is beloved of God. The best of us and the worst of us, beloved of God. Um, the thing that I've been thinking really a lot about, JP, especially t yesterday and today for some reason, is something that I've been talking about a lot, which is grace. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about us as people and the first grace that we experience is existence because none of us chose to be alive. Right. None of us chose our lives and us chose what we look like. None of us chose our identity. You know, for, you know, for the most part, we are what we are. We were, it was given to us. So that means it's gift. We didn't choose it. And because we didn't choose it, it's given to us and therefore it's a grace, right? We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. It exists, you know, so it's grace. So our very existence is a grace. The color of our skin is a grace, whether it's black, brown, um, white, whatever. It is a grace given, given to the individual person by God to to look at another person and to say that that some feature of them whether it be the color of their skin whether it whether it be their gender whether it be um the gender they're born with or the one that they or the one that they are that they have that they have embraced um i don't know if that's the proper language but, but bear with me um, whether it's their sexuality, th these things, to deny those things, to look at people with those things and to deny their, their humanity, whatever, to deny them equal status, to deny them, to deny them, is to deny the goodness and graciousness of God. And so one thing that I can say in my position, not only as a white straight male, but as a person ordained in the church of God is that if you are going to look at another person and you are going to denigrate them, or you are going to view them as an enemy or as less than you, you cannot call yourself a Christian. Those two things are not reconcilable. You cannot be a Christian and then want to deny the full humanity of someone else. 
um, based off of, you know, or period, just period. And you would think that that should be humanity 101 basic stuff. And it should be. (laughs) Well, and you know, I think that we got a very important lesson in humanity 101 over the weekend because we saw what it led to with that kind of thinking, that kind of mindset of neo-Nazis and the KKK and white supremacy, somebody was killed. Yep. Senselessly murdered. Yep. And 19 more were injured in the same incident. Yep. That's what what it leads to. Right. And that right there, that, that that should be proof of your ideology. If your ideology leads to the death of someone else, it's a flawed ideology. I mean, I really, we spent like an hour talking about this, but in a lot of ways I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Right. Um, and you're definitely not hearing us grandstanding. We're definitely not, um, high roading anyone here. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we're high roading the Nazis. <laughs> That's kind of hard not to. They, they've chosen such a low road. I know. I mean, it's, I mean, it really is. It's like down in the valley, you know? I mean, it's, you know, yeah. there's an off-ramp and everything. Um, hey, I mean, one question is, is for us maybe to think about, not necessarily we need to talk about, but something to think about, is the fact that we even just de- de- devoted an entire hour talking about this a part of the problem. Um, because is, is us talking about it proving that this is actually something serious and thereby giving weight to this movement of of white supremacy? No, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think if we, <laughs> I think if we allowed a white supremacist to, to say his part, yeah. But I think it is important that we say that we really do take a stand and actually say that there's no room for what they have to say. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because I, I, guess think, I think it is the sort of moderate thing to do, moderate white person thing to do to be like, Oh, hear them out guys. Hear them out. Free speech. Like, no, like the conversation is over. Right. And it was over a long time ago, actually. Right. Yeah. Your, your ideologies led to the extermination of 6 million Jews and um, five million more of, people. <laughs> Romani. Yeah, like five million. Yeah, uh, Romani, um, gay folks. Yeah, slavery, and then and then also the the the, the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, your reluctance to give that up, because that's yeah the Confederacy. Or, or, that's or, that's what it was just, all about. We don't want to give it up, or just not admit to it, or know. that. Um, if what we're doing is wrong or not, um, I don't really know. I don't even know if I could answer that. If someone believes that what we are doing is wrong, I mean, tell us. I'm, I mean, I'm open to that conversation. As long as you're not a Nazi. Right. <laughs> if you think what we're doing is wrong, I don't want to talk to you. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, and I guess, and I guess part of our conversation here is not actually to give valid, uh, valid credence to Nazi ideology and right. fascist, you know, or and, white nationalist ideology, but to look at how we got to here, like how, what factors maybe allowed for people who hold this ideology to be so brazen. Oh, sorry. Are you saying that it, are you saying that it might be better to ignore, to ignore them? Like, cause I know a lot of people think that there, there, there is that thought no. that sort of circulating. It's like, if you just ignored <laughs> that part of our society, it'll go away. Yeah, no, that's definitely because that's that's I think a, that's that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I guess you don't engage the idea. I, I, you don't you don't engage the ideas in any form of like discussion or debate, or, or in such a way that puts it on equal footing. Right. The Nazi is always going to be wrong. Right. Like that's always that's always going to be wrong. And there is uh, there is a question I have actually, if you don't mind me asking. Sure. Do you think we've, I mean, we've made the joke and we've said it like throughout this entire episode, it'll probably be like the title of the episode, that it's easy to disavow Nazis, that it's easy to say, oh, white supremacy is bad. Do you think it's easy for us because we're white? Do you think it's harder? Do you think it'd be harder if we weren't white? 
Like, uh, do you think it's because of our privilege that we can say I, something like that and not have to worry about anything? I mean, I can't, I can't speak for, I can't speak for too many people's situation other than, you know, like I can't, I can't speak for a right. black person, yeah. whether or not it's easier, but, um, but within, within the, within the different demographics, within being white, within whiteness in America, I mean, that's an interesting thought. Is it easy for us because we're in some of a, we're in a, we're in a different privilege place yeah. than some, um, than some other white folks. I mean, maybe, maybe I mean, like nothing's really going to happen to us, you know, whereas yeah. I feel like, it, you know, I mean, Black Lives Matter, all they had to say was that Black Lives Matter and then now they're in trouble. Right. So. Right. Um, I don't know. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's and, and we don't need and the it answer shouldn't now. be. Yeah, I know. I know. <clears throat> Uh, this this shouldn't be tough. We shouldn't even be doing this episode. <laughs> yeah. Probably. This should have been solved a long time ago. It was solved a long time ago. It's called VE Day. Yeah. Um, you lost. Your ideas lost. Your movement lost. I guess there's our hope. There's your message of hope. Fascism, white supremacy always loses. Or I should say racial supremacy always loses because every time it's every time it's cropped up it's lost right the confederacy lost the civil war um and the nazis lost and the fascists lost world war ii it, jim crow laws were changed jim crow laws were were, were, changed, were abolished um yeah it always it always loses and so Yes, we have to deal with this crap, and we're probably going to have to deal with this crap for the rest of our lives, our rest of our existence, because humanity is terrible a lot of times, Come turns out. <laughs> um, there are terrible people in the world. But we can't look at this and think, oh, it's going to win, because it's not going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, the tragedy, of course, is that there will continue – is that there, all, there, 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 there are victims of this and that there will be more, probably. Yeah. Um, but it won't win in the long run because it can't. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, all you can really do is just the right thing every day, which is disavow Nazis. Disavow Nazis. <laughs> so do it. Just do it. Every, t- t- take a moment to yourself every day to be like, you know what? Nazis are bad. Yeah. You know what? You should probably wake up every morning. <laughs> And the first thing you stretch, that beautiful stretch, first thing in the morning, just stretch uh, out. Nazi suck. And yeah, say Nazi suck or say, ah, thank God I'm not a Nazi. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just, just don't be one. Just <laughs> Nazi, don't be one. There we go. And you know what? Stop making, stop making the Nazi jokes. Let's just stop doing that. The whole... I did not see that coming. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> I mean, they're puns. I get it. They're fun. Yeah. But it, 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 let's stop. Let's stop doing this crap because, it, you know, it's 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 not helpful. These were this is monstrous stuff, and we, uh, this is not the time to make light of it. Right. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, Father Chuck, thank you for being here. You're welcome. And, you know, we, we try to have a lot of fun on this podcast, uh, but every now and then we got to get serious. And um, and it's not just for, for being the sake of serious. Sometimes like things just you know, like we feel, we, we feel compelled to, to talk about them. Well, we and we and we do pop culture stuff. And this is pop culture right now. Yeah, pretty much. You know, um, and also masters of divinity. If there's anything to speak divinity, <laughs> the things of God about. Right. It's definitely. um how not to be a Nazi or why or, or, or how bad Nazis are. <laughs> yes, that's very anyway. true. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Join us next week. Everybody, please have a wonderful week and good journey. Good journey. <laughs>